0: Chapter twenty four of the Randolphs by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty four. The next thing. What next, I wonder? It was Maria who said this. She and Tom were turning away from the depot once more. They had been watching a departing train. Mr. and Mrs. Leonard were being whirled off on their western journey. The last flutter of Helen's handkerchief had just disappeared from view. Mr. Harper had departed in the train which went east just five minutes before this one started west. So there was nothing for it, Maria said, but to go home and be humdrum. That wedding was a very quiet and a very pretty affair. Brides can look well even in empress cloth, as Maria discovered. Something about Helen was wonderfully becoming. She had never looked so well, nor appeared so well, in her life before. Some discussion had been held as to the proper place for the couple to stand during the ceremony, but it finally arranged itself in a manner that had not been thought of till the last minute. It was found, on the morning in question, that Mr. Randolph appeared too feeble to sit up, so the bridal party stood directly at the foot of his bed. "'Helen Monroe being married in the bedroom!' was Maria's amazed comment to Tom, when she went to tell him of the change of plans." what does she think of it tom asked she why it was her own proposal she would not mind being married in the pantry i am not sure but she would think it more convenient and trouble could be saved by taking a cold bite off the pantry shelves mr leonard or somebody else has transformed her i should have to begin and get acquainted with her all over again if she were going to stay at home That walk from the depot was the opportunity for more gloomy lookings forward into the future. They had dismissed the carriage in order to have a long walk and talk together. "'There isn't any next,' Maria said, answering her own question. "'Everything that can possibly happen to our family has happened. There is absolutely nothing but sweeping and dusting and getting dinners for the future.' Tom shivered visibly maria how can you talk so recklessly even in sport and his voice was almost stern you surely see ways in which great and terrible changes could come to us as a family changes which we have almost held our breaths for fear it would come do not let us court them by a spirit of unrest if you mean father said maria with utmost coolness as if every nerve in her heart did not quiver i see that he grows stronger every hour mr harper said the improvement in him during the short time since he had seen him was very marked why tom if you were not as blind as a bat you would see it too fancy our allowing him three months ago to go through such an experience as he had this morning i do see it tom said with a very thankful heart i assure you and yet maria you and i know he is far from well AND WE DO NOT KNOW WHAT OUR FATHER IN HEAVEN HAS DECIDED CONCERNING HIM. MARIA TWITCHED ANGRILY. DON'T, SHE SAID SHARPLY. I DON'T WANT TO HEAR THAT SORT OF TALK. FATHER IS GOING TO GET WELL AGAIN. I KNOW IT AS WELL AS THOUGH I SAW HIM ON THE STREET THIS MORNING. LET ME HAVE SO MUCH COMFORT IN THE WORLD. WHAT WAS THE USE OF TALKING TO MARIA? TOM FELT, WITH A SIGH, THAT SHE WAS NOT IN THE LEAST SUBDUED meantime changes were coming swiftly. Maria had hardly time to settle down after the unwanted excitement, to the quiet of the times that had come to them, before plans started up which made a great stir in the household, and especially in her heart. She was in the kitchen, the rain was falling softly out of doors, but before it commenced sun and air had done duty in drying and whitening a great basket of clothes over these maria in trim kitchen apron cuffs off and sleeves rolled up was now at work sprinkling and rolling into tight little heaps ready for the next day's ironing the gate clicked and she wondered whether tom was going to take pity on them and come over to supper it was a quick manly step and came round to the side door yes and came in without knocking of course it was tom she turned to greet him and said in alarmed surprise my conscience it is only your brother mr harper said shaking the rain from his hat and opening the door again to let out his umbrella i have surprised you haven't i what's the matter is it gracie or ermina mr harper laughed reassuringly it is neither he said they are perfectly well and send love the fact is i had a plan which i am trying to develop i came up to talk to you about it i came round to the side door because i thought it was about time for your father's afternoon nap and i feared the bell might disturb him how is he he is better i think he improves every day that is encouraging for my plan then do you know it is about him that i have come and mr harper took a seat on the corner of the table and unfolded his plan it overwhelmed maria with astonishment and dismay there was an earnest argument somewhat heated on her part tom found them still talking when he came almost an hour afterwards what in the world is the matter he said quite as much surprised as maria had been i have come all the way from new york to unfold a plan which has filled me with satisfaction and to my sorrow i find that our good practical sister does not approve at all this mr harper said while he was shaking hands with tom of course i don't said maria with energy i wonder how i could be expected to tom he wants to carry father off to new york now to new york echoed tom in astonishment yes i am encouraged to feel that a change of air and of physicians will work great results for him i believe the doctors are mistaken in thinking his lungs hopelessly diseased i believe he can be cured of course he can be chimed in maria and he is being cured as fast as possible see how he has improved in the last four weeks but if you carry him off to new york you will just upset it all i don't like it at all though there was grim determination in this there was also an undertone of satisfaction as one who knew she reigned there and that it would be very hard to carry out plans to which she did not consent tom seemed astonished but maria he said think how often we have said if he could only have salt air to breathe and be under the care of dr conyers what do i know about dr conyers because he lives in new york is no sign he knows more than all creation what i say is that a sick man needs his own home and his own things about him and he needs my care too you will find that he at least will object to going away from me mr harper interrupted eagerly my dear sister did you suppose for a moment that we could think of having father go without you i took it for granted that your good sense would know yourself included in this arrangement of course he needs you no other could take your place well i shall never go you may feel sure of that i am not going to have the name of living upon my brother-in-law so long as i can earn my own living and maria as she jerked these words out between lips that wanted to quiver sprinkled the clothes with an energy that sent the water over mr harper's broadcloth he wiped the shining drops off composedly as he answered that is a very foolish way to talk maria Not at all in accordance with your usual good sense. I am your brother-in-law, however much you may feel disposed to ignore the relationship, and as such have certain rights and privileges. I know you do not mean that you will not do whatever shall seem in the end to be the best thing for the father, whose health and welfare are to be put by us all before any other consideration. What we want is to talk this matter over calmly, and then decide as shall seem best to us all. He might as well have talked about talking calmly with a tornado. Maria's blood was all on fire. She was like a lion afraid of being robbed of her young. Her father had so long been her charge, had been so entirely under her sway, that to give up the right to plan and work and sacrifice for him was like giving up her life. For the time, she was incapable of reasoning or of talking intelligently on the subject. So, Mr. Harper presently decided and breaking off suddenly he began to talk to tom about the randolph house and finally went away with him to have a look at certain improvements in the reading-room they both came back to tea maria having gained sufficient control to say that her father would be ready to see them at that time at table the subject came up again mr harper apparently being no whit less determined and maria being calmer having had time to entrench herself in the firm belief that her father would put an end to all such planning by mutual consent the subject was not broached to the invalid that night but mr harper commenced it promptly the next morning it was a stormy day with maria also it was a day in which much planning was done contrary to the expectations of any and the hope of one Mr. Randolph entered with eagerness into the new plans. He had long felt that a mistake was being made in his case. Latterly he had begun to hope and believe that if he could get a change of air, above all a whiff of sea air, perhaps he might get strength again to support his family. He was willing, nay anxious, to try this proposed change. He was deeply grateful for the thoughtful love that had planned it. More than that, he agreed with maria that it would be better for her to remain behind to look after the old home and the cow and the hens and the garden and all those tiresome details that need so much looking after and that are looked after so thankfully when there is someone in the house for whose comfort you are planning and to whose comforts they will add a share but how utterly trivial they become when you are only taking care of them because they must be taken care of Maria realized this part, but she had little more to say. Indeed, you would have pitied her if you had been in the kitchen with her while she washed the dishes that had come from her father's room. Her hands moved slowly, as if they had lost their energy. Every now and then a great tear splashed on the table, or was brushed suddenly as it was about to fall. Her father was willing to go away, to leave the little room that she had made so sweet and fair for him, and that she had so delighted to fill with all the comforts her hands could furnish. He was willing to go without her, to be waited upon by other hands than hers. How could he think that she could bear it? Mr. Harper felt sorry for her, and objected earnestly to the plan of leaving her at home, helped, however, by neither father nor Tom. Mr. Randolph said that she had been confined too closely to a sick-room, that she needed rest and change almost as much as he did, that she was growing old before her time. "'It has been a loving service,' he said, looking after her with eyes that glistened, but it has been a hard one for a girl of her age. She needs her freedom for a little while. She will stay at the Randolph house and look after Thompson and get rested and brightened up, and then everything will be looked after at home.' "'Then would it not be better to explain to her that it is for her sake you wish her to remain, and not because of the house?' Mr. Harper asked the question. He could not bear that the sore heart should be made sorer by being apparently underrated. Mr. Randolph shook his head with a smile. "'You do not understand my youngest daughter as well as you do Ermina,' he said. "'I doubt if she would do anything for her own sake.' She understands the art of doing for others, but she is too young to understand that each one owes a duty to himself in this world that cannot rightly be neglected. She needs to learn that. Tom said nothing until his brother and himself were walking downtown. Then to Mr. Harper's anxious remark, It seems to be a mistake leaving Maria behind. I am sorry for her. She has lived for father so long that she will not know how to live without him besides he will miss her more i am afraid than he realizes he realizes it tom said with a smile the truth is my father is sublimely unselfish he sees i think that it is for maria's good i believe she needs to learn that life can go on without her not that she is conceited in the usual acceptation of that word but she has so long managed us all and especially father That she feels herself absolutely necessary to the affairs of this life she has not a grain of trust in her nature i doubt if she could be got to go to new york and live with your family even for father's sake independence is her weakness a good trait carried to excess maria has to have everything in excess it is her nature is she progressing any do you think "'Has she discovered yet that it is hard to live by her motto "'while she ignores the foundation?' "'Tom shook his head. "'I don't know what she has discovered,' he said gravely. "'She has admitted nothing of the sort. "'The fact is, Maria, more than any other person I ever knew, "'needs to be taught the lesson of dependence. "'She doesn't want to depend on anybody but her own self. "'She even rebels at the idea of a daily dependence on God.' she thinks herself sufficient to herself, apparently, not only for this life, but for the life to come. Sometimes I tremble for her, and wonder how it will be necessary to teach her the lesson. I hope to do something for her while she is at the Randolph house. We have good influences there now in every direction. He need not have built many plans on that hope. If Maria would not go to New York, neither, it appeared, would she go to the Randolph house." "'Somewhat crushed she was by having discovered that her will was not so potent as she had imagined. But only crushed, not broken. If she could not control the disposal of other people, she could at least control herself. She kept her own counsel. She worked day and night to prepare her father. She planned indefatigably for his comfort. It was her hand that arranged his collar and necktie on the morning of the prospective journey.' it was her hand that arranged the pillows at his back when he was seated in the carriage it was she who arranged a couch for him in the palace car that had been retained for this occasion it was she who saw the annoying sunbeam creeping in at the wrong corner and shining right in his eyes it was she who hovered around him anticipating every motion every fancy she made herself an absolute necessity until the train gave its warning whistle She wrung from him, with the good-bye kiss, this tender whisper, "'My darling child, I could not bear this separation, even for a little while, "'if it were not for your good.' "'My good,' she said to herself, with a grim smile, "'as she watched the train around the curve. "'What possible good does he think can come to me? "'If harm doesn't come to him through it all, I shall be only too thankful. "'But I shall have him back in a little while.' "'They will all see their folly. "'I only hope it may not do any mischief that I cannot repair.' "'Then she turned to Tom. "'Well, here we are again at this depot. "'Can't we just take rooms here and wait for astonishing things to happen? "'They all seem to centre around departing trains. "'Tom, either you or I must get married or go to Europe for the next event. "'That is absolutely all there is left to happen now.' "'Tom turned away in silence.' He was not constituted like maria his father had looked very pale and feeble it was a hazardous experiment after all who could tell whether they were ever to see the dear face again in life he could not put on gaiety of voice just then even to help maria he could sleep quietly and calmly to-night after his earnest prayer for his father's safety sleep quietly while she was burying her lonely head in her pillow and sobbing aloud in her loneliness and sore-heartedness. But there was the difference between the two natures. End of chapter 24